to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can get What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 330 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I'm joined as always by Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? What's going on, brother? Glad to finally be back previewing a big fight on the boxing rant. But I got to tell you, buddy, boxing fans last week, they let me down. They let me down big time. When y'all got excited about Dillian White and Otto Valley, and I got to tell y'all, y'all some hoes. Y'all some hoes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the term wankers, uh, I, I think it originated from the UK. Uh, a lot of wanking going on to their... To the fan favorite, you know, the uh, the ducked one, um, the most avoided boxer in history, Dillian White. I don't understand why people still shed skin to that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's it, pathetic. It, but he he is still forever the A-side, and Eddie Hearn has never met a domestic A-side, a Derek Chisora, a Dillian White. You know, opponents at the true championship level. These guys are fucking cash cows for Eddie. <laughs> when he was saying game changed, he wasn't changing a fucking thing. He was just putting it on the zone. <laughs> he got himself a new shiny announcing crew and shit, but that's about it. <laughs> yes, that is that is a perk, though. That is a perk. Um, I'm still honestly, Vin, I'm waffling back and forth on whether I'm going to continue my subscription with the zone after this Anthony Joshua Alexander Usyk fight, to be completely honest with you, because I signed whoa, whoa, up whoa, for whoa. Sheriff Mikey's coming back, baby. We got Mikey Garcia on the zone, son. You ain't going nowhere. Nah, young. <laughs> <laughs> nah, the zone, the zone was for three people. And, 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 and the next one, it, one of them ain't fighting on the zone anymore. Canelo. I mean, he may again one day, right? Um, but you got triple G ain't coming back until fucking Japanese new year. So what am I paying for? I'm sure as shit. am not going to fucking line Mikey Garcia's pockets. Cause be, whoever signed that fight and is going to pay Mikey Garcia, what he's going to get for that fight. They deserve a swift kick in the nuts, <laughs> but, but I cannot hate because my man, triple Y had to do the same thing out of necessity sometimes. It's just that this is not out of necessity at all for Mikey Garcia. Ain't nobody ducking Ducky Garcia. And I'm going to continue calling him Ducky Garcia because as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> he'd be ducking Regis. He don't want that <laughs> Regis smoke. He want this He want this Sandor Santonio guy, whatever the fuck his name is. You know, I'm so tired of Mikey Garcia. Who gives a fuck about his career, okay? Uh, it's we We have... Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk on the horizon. And then after this, they can all go pound sand. I'll yes. figure out a way to watch Triple G fight in December or January or whenever the fuck he fights. Right. But dude, I, I got my money's worth this year. I get this fight. This is the the, the only fight I want to see. Really? Um, I got Chocolatito Estrada too. got to see Chocolatito dominate again, which was nice. Um, so look, it's good. It's all good, but Mikey Garcia ain't getting none of these greenbacks, son. Ain't happening. <laughs> come on. Come on, son. Hook him up with some ands. <laughs> nah. He, he, I think he's good. <laughs> I mean, you see them track suits that he's been buying for Ellie Secback? <laughs> I mean, the getting is good. The getting is good. Um, but this is the uh, 330th episode of the Boxing Ramp Podcast. We got the preview of... Um, the big heavyweight fight, uh, the fight that we've been waiting for for a long time, all the way back to uh, one of our first prospect lists when Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk were the top two guys on the list. And now they meet. This is a fight that I've seen coming for a really long time, Vin, and I am so fucking excited to literally evacuate these two gigantic boulders between my legs because <laughs> the weight and the stomach pains need to fucking i i need to relieve some pressure you know what i'm saying well make sure you like your social distance from your wife so you don't have a fourth fucking kid popping out there pal jesus i Christ. i had to break it to you six feet can't contain me son <laughs> six feet that is 
That's a fucking lob wedge, son. <laughs> I'll be hitting driver way longer than that. Oh, <laughs> right into the short grass. <laughs> oh, man. That is perfect. Uh, so we appreciate all of you tuning into the Boxing Rant Podcast. Please subscribe to the show if you haven't already uh we appreciate all of you know i ask you guys to leave reviews and the only thing that i get coming through my thread is these guys are racists and bigots and homophobes and transphobes and phobe phobes (laughs) (laughs) that's not what i meant guys that's hey that tells me we're doing our job ken (laughs) (laughs) oh man but subscribe uh rate and review we appreciate it video version up at the boxing rant YouTube channel, uh, get your swag at theboxingrant.com. Uh, get you that fresh gear. You know what I'm saying? Rock it around. Let people know new fashion statements will be made. Uh, so we appreciate that. We appreciate all our Patreon subscribers. And uh, follow us on Twitter, at Vince Cummings 81 at Kenny Keith Jr. All right, enough with the fluff. Uh, it's the 330th episode of the Boxing Rant podcast. Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Usyk um, for the Unified Heavyweight Championship of the World. This is big time. And I think while people were so concerned with fucking wanking to Chisora Parker 2 and Dillian White versus fucking Otto Valine, um, I, I think everybody has been asleep at the wheel or has become so apathetic and distant from boxing while boxing has been being boxing, um, I just feel like that there's really not a, a lot of buzz around this fight. And look, this tends to happen sometimes when you still have this like uninformed, oh, white European. How do you even say this guy's name, bro? Like, how do you expect me to know what's going on? Anthony Joshua, isn't he like fucking, isn't he from like Europe? Uh, I mean, you know, so I don't think that there is nearly the buzz that is deserved for this fight that there should be. It's not being held here in the States, but I don't think that really even, even matters. I think if it was held here in the States, I I don't even know how well it would do right now in this current climate, but it's going to be a spectacle where it's being held. And I, and, and, and I can only imagine like the, you know, the fever pitch that's going on right now. I think it's just time to start fucking, you know, the wife's out of town for the week, right? I think it's time to just get naked and fucking just lube up and just walk around all weekend and try out different spots, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and and just get, like, fully prepared. Like, fully, like, get your mind um, involved into this fight because there's so much great footage on both of these fighters. There's, there, there's, there's such great storylines that lead up to this and not in a way that all of you are so used to. Maybe that's why people are confused. They're like... <clears throat> What is this? Boxing storylines. Fights? Careers? <laughs> legendary status? I thought legendary status, I thought it was banned. What is this? Why is there no baby mama drama? Where's the clout chasing? Where's the who ducking who? Where? What? I mean, look, that's what this fight is. This fight is. It's two guys that have done what it takes to be great. The storyline around Usyk, the obvious, oh, he's too small. He's not a real heavyweight. He looked like shit against Chisora and Witherspoon. Um, you know, that's the that's what the public is is regurgitating. And then you got Eddie Hearn and all of the dick lickers with Joshua. Oh, look how fit he is and the jab and the size and Adonis and gigantic versus small, impossible. And I think what is completely lost in all these storylines then is that as 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 my little green friend said so famously size matters not and if there's been one fighter in the heavyweight division that has proven that size matters not it's anthony joshua he got knocked out by a guy that is 2 inches shorter than alexander usyk and equally as round right he got knocked the fuck out by a short fat mexican so the, the the forced narratives here are completely incorrect. 
the narrative of both of these fights are two fighters that are willing to fight the best that are meeting in the ring, one coming up from another weight class to stake his claim that not only is he the undisputed cruiserweight champion, and he did it all on the road, but he's going to take the unified heavyweight championship on the road. That's the story. Vlad Klitschko, Andy Ruiz. I mean, all of Joshua's, his entire career. That's his story. Let's fucking put our heads down and let's go in the backyard and run the fucking Oklahoma drill. God damn it. Let's do it. <laughs> I knew you'd be fired up for this one, boy. Hey, just like Usyk, baby, I'm like a snowball rolling downhill, gaining momentum. Now I'm excited. I hear you. I hear you. And I'm I'm right there with you. And it is funny to me, like, you're right. This fight doesn't have the 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 feel, the big feel, the the... The the it's it's just the, there's nothing behind it, especially here in the states. There's no momentum. Nobody's talking about this fight, which is funny to me because I, we know, you know, Canelo is the face of boxing. Okay, fine, whatever. Anthony Joshua is the box office star. Like Anthony Joshua sells more tickets, fills more arenas, puts more asses in seats than anybody does. That's. I mean, Canelo sold 73,000 in his last fight. Anthony Joshua has been doing that for years. That's, that's, that's no problem for him. So it's, it's weird to me that they haven't kind of been able to roll him into a bigger star in the States, but guess what? Getting knocked out by Andy Ruiz when he came here, kind of fucking put the kibosh on that situation <laughs> a little bit. It, it really fucking did. It's like, you're going to sell me this fucking guy and that. This this guy fucking took care of him. What are you? No, get out of here. You're just another fucking Frank Bruno. You're just another fucking UK guy that doesn't have it at the world level. I do. Here's what I'll say to counter that. I think there's a there's a mistake in thinking that way about Joshua. I think right now, <clears throat> as a fighter, Anthony Joshua to me is at his prime. He is peaking at a. Uh, athletic level and a and a boxing IQ, boxing ability level, adding nuances to his game and, and becoming a more complete boxer. And we've watched that kind of over his last three or four fights. He's revolutionized his style a little bit. Not as entertaining by any means for anybody watching, but the jab is better. The movement's better. Uh, he, he's a safer fighter for sure. And I'll point to some, you know, some punch stat numbers to kind of, paint the picture of how I think this fight is going to go between these two, because when you go back to Alexander Usyk and his cruiserweight run through the WBSS, he was throwing 800 plus 850 ish punches, 900, almost 950 punches against Gassiev. His output was really fucking high. And when he got to heavyweight, we saw it drop. It dropped to like right around 350 or 400 for Witherspoon and then was up around 650 in his last fight with Chisora. So we saw him take that output up in the Chisora fight. But you mentioned that snowball rolling downhill effect. If he can't get his punch output, it doesn't have to be 900. That's ridiculous. I'm not saying it has to be that. But I think he's got to get it into that seven to 800 range if he wants to be the Alexander Usyk that that me and you know that that is that snowball rolling downhill that in the 8th, ninth, 10th round he just swallows you up with its with his volume and the, he's had you on your toes thinking the entire fight he mentally drains you he physically drains you takes you down the stretch and drowns you i just i have a hard time envisioning that with Joshua because of his new style and the ways he's utilizing his jab i mean i think there's like two people in boxing or, the, or, or Joshua either has the most accurate or the second most accurate jab in boxing behind Triple G or he's in front of Triple G, one or the other. I can't remember. So that goes to show you where his jab is at right now. I think the ability to use that jab and box, he's going to be able to stop Alexander Usyk from being Alexander Usyk in this fight. You know, saying it and doing it is, is two completely different things. Because I'll say this for Usyk. I think he's had his eyes on this fight for before he became a heavyweight. We always saw him ringside at Joshua fights, kind of sitting there with the hoodie on in the crowd. He's had his eye. This is who he wanted. So if you're telling me that Usyk sees something and he, I know he, 
I know how good of a boxer is. He knows he's got, he possesses the skill set to give this guy trouble. Far be it for me to think that he cannot beat Anthony Joshua. Because what I'll say right now is you can say who's going to win one way or the other, but there is no concrete going into this fight. Like, I'm sorry, Joshua may be the favorite on paper, but you can't make a pick in this fight and feel that confident about it. You just can't. Uh, These are two elite level heavyweight fighters. We haven't seen two heavyweight fighters. I know Fury and Wilder fought, but I'm talking from a boxing perspective, a skill perspective. Sorry, Deontay Wilder fans. It's not a knock on him. He possesses skills that the other guys don't. So quit crying. Okay. From a boxing perspective. This is going to be some of the best heavyweight boxing we've seen in a while. So I, I'm fucking looking forward to it. And I, I'll tell you, I have a hard time picking and feeling good about who's going to win this fight. I don't feel a lot of pressure in that department for this one. I agree with you about Usyk's assessment on, on, on Joshua. I'm not saying that he sees a mark or anything like that, but you know, I think that he's always been preparing for this fight. And I'm not sure that Joshua has always been preparing for this fight. I mean, you know, the bottom line is, is that he learned a valuable lesson coming into that Andy Ruiz fight. I mean, he looked literally like the Incredible Hulk coming into the ring in that fight. It certainly doesn't help him to come into this fight in that kind of shape, because although, you know, in the 17 fights, I think what Usyk has 13 knockouts, um, you know, most of those knockouts come via, you know, just beatdown, just steady accumulation. Um, you know, we've always kind of talked about how Usyk isn't necessarily like he's not like Floyd Mayweather when he throws punches. His punches aren't like this thing that he was necessarily born with. But what Usyk is, he is a um, he's a world class athlete, and that's where I think that Joshua is limited in his in his ability. I think that he's developed as a boxer. He's made he's made all the things, all the adjustments from adding a really good corner man and Rob McCracken to slimming down his body, to operating behind the jab, utilizing his advantages. He's become smarter. But I got to be honest with you, I've only seen that against a 300-pound fucking concrete column that that you know that doesn't move, right? That this new, you know, this new style that that or in in against uh who was it? Kubrat Pulev? Oh, I, I mean, that, that fight was a joke. This is the part that that outsiders looking in on this can't they 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 just don't understand the context behind this. Like Joshua has been developing a new physique and a new style against guys that could not be remotely more the opposite of Alexander Usyk. I'm not claiming that he is still this, you know, the 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 29 year old, 30 year old Usyk at 200 pounds who's dancing around like a ballerina and never, literally, never stops moving. He's literally in and out all night long on you, in and out. My, this motherfucker is worse than a crackhead coming in and out to get that next rip. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> you know, that's what he does. That's how that's how he operates. And even if he he looks bigger now, he looks like he's grown into the division. We'll see what he can handle. How you know what his what his body clock is like in the ring. But you know, Joshua said it in an interview. He goes, I, "Why would I come in here looking like the Incredible Hulk when I'm fighting a 12 round fighter?" Like Alexander Usyk is going to come into this fight prepared to fight 12 rounds. This is the most difficult riddle he's ever had to solve. I understand that the Vladimir Klitschko fight was tough, but dude, that was always going to to end one way or the other physically, violently. You know, that it's just because of the of those two styles. What I think is evident with Anthony Joshua and why I am one of the few definitive on the Usyk side of this thing. I see a guy that has never proven to me that he can fight with somebody of equal athleticism 12 rounds. A lot of these guys, I'm not, I'm not diminishing the victories. The Dillian White victory, as much as we hate on Dillian White, it's still a good win. But, you know, Dillian White is this gigantic, lumbering human being. This is the difference. While you're right about Tyson Fury and, and, and the unique things that he can do, well, he's fucking six foot nine. So the fact that he can do that is remarkable. What is the enigma? What is the unicorn of heavyweights is seeing somebody that can operate like a middleweight and can move like a middleweight in the ring. And that's what it's going to look like against Anthony Joshua. That 
fundamentally sound long jab that Joshua is going to put out there, and he needs to, and he should, and, I, and, and it might work for him because he's going to need to stop that momentum. He's going to have to put Alexander Usyk on his back foot. But another thing that we've noticed with Usyk and what he loves to do to these big guys, and I think you're going to see him do it here, is there's going to be some rope-a-dope in this. Well, he will. He'll lay up on the rope. He'll let Usyk, he'll let Joshua come in, try to wear himself out. There'll be moments of that in the fight. I think at the end of the day, I think that this is a bridge too far for Anthony Joshua. Uh, the skill, the pedigree, um, it, it's in the end of this fight, the snowball uh, will devour Anthony Joshua. And I think I think Alexander Usyk wears him down to a nub and stops him in the 11th or 12th round. I, wow. I just, I, I, I don't see anything other than Anthony Joshua st- attempting to stink out the fight and racing around the outside of the ring and l- like indiscernible rounds where you're like, what the fuck is going on here? What like if it turns into one of those, Joshua's going to win all those rounds. So if it goes the distance, then Usyk doesn't really stand a chance. Anyways, what has to happen is there's got to be engagement and. And and Usyk is going to try to engage, and I I think that I think that Joshua may look at Usyk, and especially after he touches him a few times, and I think he lets him, and that's going to be to his demise later in the fight because the legs don't hold up after you've been fucking you know chasing a chicken around the ring for nine rounds. Um, I know it's definitive. People are going to be really pissed and be like, "Whoa, Ken, fanboying it," and you know how I know that I'm. That 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 it's written, you know, is because I actually discovered Carrie Underwood on the first episode of, of American Idol when she was like, when she was like that, like kind of like chunky, homely, like cute girl with a dunk. Uh-huh. Right? But definitely, definitely put on that freshman fifteen, and I, I I heard her sing, and I was like, oh, she gonna win, <laughs> and show sure enough, the rest is history. So. um <laughs> Um, I'm thinking there's a similar conversion that goes on here. What do you think? I mean, yeah, that makes total sense to me. I I can't argue that. My assessment. What say you? Look, all I can do is go with what I've seen lately from both fighters. And I can say that there's a major disadvantage for Usyk here being not only that he's on the road, but this time he's on the road against a true A-side, right? A, 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 a guy that is a boxing royalty basically right now because he's a cash cow. He's one of the two top cash cows in the sport. And then after him is a big drop off. So he's got a lot to work through there. If he thinks he's going to win on the cut, like honestly, the only way I think he can win the fight is if he does stop Anthony Joshua. And I know that's like the tired. I'm not saying it because I think he gets robbed, but I don't think he's going to be able to get off enough punches in this fight to be able to convince the judges he's done enough because I do think Joshua is going to pump that jab out there at a ridiculous rate. I don't expect this fight to be very entertaining. I'm going to side with you when you say Joshua is going to try to stink the fight out. Yeah, I, I think not only is Joshua going to stink the fight out, but I think Usyk's for the first time going to have some trouble making his way in, being able to get inside and get off that attack that you're talking about. You know, he's going to have to be the guy that that forces engagement in this fight and throw combinations. I just don't think it's going to be very easy for him. And I think Anthony Joshua's just honestly to not like this is a limp dick ass pr- prediction right here, but I think it's just going to be one of those boxing matches that Anthony Joshua is going to win eight rounds, nine rounds, it may be close at times and there may be some close rounds and maybe there'll be even a little controversy at the end of it. But I, I, I think Joshua sneaks out of there with a boring ass fucking win in, in a fight that never quite fucking like just doesn't really get to the like there's never any real excitement. There's never any real big shots landed. It's just kind of very tactical and very boring. Honestly, I, I hate to say that, but that's that's truly how I feel this fight's going to fucking go. And I, look, I, I, I can totally see it going that way. I just don't understand why there isn't more of a concern from people. I'm not saying you because I know you're kind of on the fence with this, but people that are definitively picking Anthony Joshua, right? I, I'm looking through his resume right now and I'm like opening these, these fighters up one by one. I haven't opened up a Southpaw yet. 
So, you know, I don't understand why this is going to be such an easy riddle for Anthony Joshua to solve. Why is this a problem for Usyk and not for Joshua? I mean, uh, Usyk's been fucking, you know, he's been dissecting orthodox fighters his entire life. He does it for fun. In this fight here, I think that this is going to cause more problems for, for Anthony Joshua than people are willing to admit. People make comments all the time about how, <laughs> how Deontay Wilder looks like a drunk baby giraffe, like when he's in the ring, right? Mm-hmm. Um, remember them and one videos we used to watch with that? <laughs> who was that little fucking skinny ass white dude who dressed in fucking like tablecloths and shit and used to be, uh, <laughs> what was it, hold'em sauce? No, that wasn't him. <laughs> well, I wasn't him. You ain't, you ain't, ain't no white boy going to be named hold'em sauce. <laughs> what was that? No, the professor. That was yes, his name, the yeah. professor. <laughs> you're going to see some cross-ups on this one. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like you, you have this athletic fighter, but he's not just athletic. He's a Southpaw. You know, w- where are these guys in the heavyweight division? We don't watch heavyweight fights and marvel at the boxing ability that went on in that fight. I mean, we might've at, 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 uh, at Anthony Joshua versus Andy Ruiz two in Saudi Arabia, when Andy Ruiz ate the entire fucking Royal buffet before the fight. Yeah. He looked fucking, look how slick Anthony Joshua looks. Right. It's an illusion, folks. Why do you think that the first thought that that Eddie Hearn had when this was announced as a mandate by the WBO, that he was squishing Hershey squirts in his fucking draws? Like, he was nervous and puckered. He started making these little squeaky farts he was trying to hold in. Like, the whole thing just became, like, this embarrassing, really anxious moment for him. And... I, I don't know. I don't think that that rubs off on on Anthony on Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua will fight anybody, right? Anthony Joshua doesn't give a fuck about about Eddie Hearn being a you know being a puss. Like that's not his problem whatsoever. You know, it's hard enough to get him to fucking drop the towel. This is an elephant walk. You got to do it the right way, <laughs> or or you are not allowed in this. I know. I think I think Anthony Joshua is supremely confident that he can beat Alexander Usyk, and he has one of the best coaches in the world. So that being said, his coach will have him prepared, and Anthony Joshua will be physically prepared to win this fight. And chances are, Anthony Joshua will win this fight. I just have a different angle on it. That's all. I I, I don't think your angle's off at all. I, I will say this: another thing for Usyk that plays into his favor in this fight is that Anthony Joshua. While I'm, he's a massive, massive man, and he can hurt anybody, he's not a one-punch knockout guy. He's a, I get you hurt, I get you backing up, I throw combinations, and I and I stop you, or I drop you. So Usyk has that going for him. Like, dude, one punch ain't going gonna, ain't gonna to be the shot that, that, that gets you out of there. So you, you can be a little bit more aggressive in going for it. And I expect him, look, you know, we we forgot to bring this up about Usyk, but him having Anatoly Lomachenko in his corner and in his in this in his camp for the entire camp, his best performances we've seen have been with Papachenko in his corner. I don't know if he's actually in the corner this week. I don't know if he just worked with him through training camp or what, but that's a big difference. And I would say that this fight is it for Usyk. Like this is his Super Bowl. This is his. This is there's no bigger fight out there for him. For Anthony Joshua, this is a nuisance of a fight before a really big fight that's on the horizon with Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder. And I can tell you right now, Eddie Hearn doesn't have a problem with making an Usyk fight, I don't think, but he didn't want to make this fight before those fights because this fight is seriously uh <laughs> detrimental to the possibility of those fights happening. So folks, I mean Buckle up because, you know, whether you think this fight goes one way or the other, me and Ken see it different ways. This is going to be high drama, no no matter which way you slice it or which way you think it's going to go. There's a lot on the fucking line here. There's big money on the line. Um, so I expect I expect Alexander Usyk to go for it, and he's going to have to. And if he does go for it and, and puts it all out there and throws 800 punches, Good luck stealing this fight from him on the card. Seriously, good luck. And if you do it and it's fucking looks bad, boy, the sport of boxing's got enough stains in its undies right now. We don't need another one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's hard to sell this shit to, 
to even diehard fans now that are used to it. Like they're everybody's getting a little fucking fed up with it. So buckle up because there might be some of that shit going on this Saturday in the UK. Believe that. Bet, as the kids say. Bet. <laughs> um, there's gonna be drama. During the fight, yeah, that's it is definitely going to uh um it's gonna be tense because I, I, I can see the feeling out in this is is going to be this sort of back and forth. And it's going to look like a dance because these two fighters are going to be circling each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really going to be when is Usyk ready, you know, to come forward? And is he going to be able to deal with that jab? Right. Um, look, here's the thing that I, I, I think. I think the casuals, the ones that pay the bills over in the UK for Eddie and and Anthony Joshua, they're the ones that are are not going to give this win to Anthony Joshua. Like the like this, I I understand that 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 Usyk isn't established as a heavyweight yet, but people are just locked in on like if 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 Usyk wins this, I mean he becomes one of the great fighters of the you know the last twenty years. I already believe he is lock Hall of Famer. Uh, you know at, at the worst, the second greatest cruiserweight of all time so but people are only focusing on what the anthony joshua win can do for Usyk, and unfortunately those people just think that little little white ukrainian is gonna get you know just walked all over um and they're not gonna give the due of what the, the this Usyk notch in joshua's belt if he pulls this off is fucking massive and everybody out there that has a hall of fame vote needs to recognize that Oh yeah. Um, what this? What this? Usyk? Because this is going to be, in my opinion, this is going to be the most difficult riddle that Anthony Joshua is going to have to solve. And if he can solve this to date, and if he can solve this riddle, and he beats Alexander Usyk, then I will believe that he can beat Tyson Fury. But he's going to have to beat somebody that is as unique a challenge in a different way, but in similar ways too. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I, I just, I think that people need to give Anthony Joshua his due. I most certainly will. I'm, I'm picking Alexander Usyk. I'm a huge fan. One of my favorite fighters. I've been behind this guy since before I became a fan of him, just when I was analyzing the guy, you know? Um, so to me, it's a culmination for him uh, to achieve what I think that he's been setting himself up for. Uh, if he loses this fight, I think that, uh, you know, shit, dude, it's a fucking, you lost Anthony Joshua. Who gives a fuck, right? Uh, hopefully it will open up more doors for him because otherwise people aren't really going to want to fight him and we're going to end up seeing Usyk just, you know, fucking schooling a bunch of scrubs, right? They're just going to throw in all the fat sloppies against them and, you know that that'll be what we see, and if that's what it is, it is what it is. Like you said, this may be this may be that cock shot coming down, and he's got one shot, and if he misses it, the game is over. Mm-hmm. You know, well, age uh, as his far age, as getting his, that, his age comes into play too. With that, you know, he's getting older, so thirty four. This is your shot, for the, yeah, for the style of fight, yep. fighter. You know what I mean? Uh, age is definitely going to have a much bigger impact on a guy like Alexander Usyk than it is. Uh, you know, a guy like a, you know, he's built like a Dillian White or a guy, you know. But that's to say, too, um, I think one thing that people always sleep on about Usyk is his chin. You oh, know? yeah. I know this is, this is going to be a different proposition, but I think the guy comes in, his body, um, you know, I think he conditions himself to take a bludgeoning because, like I said, a lot of a lot of his style, too, is a little bit of that rope-a-dope style up against the ropes, and it looks like he's taking a bit of a pounding. But he's just fine. I think you'll see a little bit of that in that in, in this fight as well. But look, man, Anthony Joshua wins this fucking fight, dude. I, we need to see Fury. That's it. That's all that's left. That, that we just need the winner, Fury. See, if Wilder wins, I don't even think that's it. I need to see fucking Fury and Joshua Wembley Stadium book my fucking flight if they let us toxic Americans back <laughs> into the UK. I'm, I am completely on the opposite side of that with you i have been dying to see anthony joshua and deontay wilder fight face off fight i don't even I, like just the press conference to see them just to me that was always the big one like whether they're the two best or not but that's not the fight to see who's the best though i know that's a selfish that's a selfish fight for me that's I, i'm i'm being selfish right. <laughs> dude straight up fucking wanktacular 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, you want to see that fight. That's just a, the lights could go out at any second on either guy. I'm fucking pumped for this fight, man. I'm going to be on the edge of my couch. Uh, you know, I think that watching the careers of the, you know, uh, legendary fighters that, you know, international fighters that never became like the true cash cow A-sides, you know, Triple G, uh, Roman Gonzalez, Sergey Kovalev. Um, you know, these guys have had it taken from them in their, in their, in their biggest moment um, when most people thought they won. Uh, and I know there's other opinions about that, you know, as well, but that's the sentiment. And so I, w- I won't be surprised if something similar were to happen. I mean, there is a chance that we see, I said it in one of our preview shows prior. Um, there's a chance that, that Usyk could win this another way too. He, he could put on a move, a Murat Gassiev type performance where he just fucking schools them. I mean, there, there could be, all right, it's game time. This is the big stage. This is what I do. And when I'm on this stage, I separate. I'm telling. Um, I'm telling you what. If, if he beats, and if he does that and he gets robbed, I mean, there, there, th- that would be such a black eye for boxing. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but right. I've seen worse. Uh, Ken, if he pulls off that level of of victory and and wins ten rounds against Anthony Joshua, I know I don't put heavyweights on my pound for pound list, but he's going on my pound for pound list if he does that. I'm so, I, I mean, that's just that. That's a fucking unbelievable achievement. I don't care whether you think Anthony Joshua is a great boxer or not. That that is the culmination of something fucking super special if he does that. Yeah, you can only do what's in you know the chick that's laying in front of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, you can't bang them all from fucking through Zoom meetings. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> I guess you can get one of the Wi-Fi buzzers, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that fucking takes, you know, what? a little bit more fucking steps. <laughs> How are you sneaking that thing in there? <laughs> oh, whoopsie. <laughs> oh, you thought you were you were getting your fucking your microchip for COVID? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. (laughs) Brutal. Oh brutal. Um yeah, don't know what we were talking about, but back to the uh, back to the fight. Um yeah, you know, who who knows how all that's gonna go. That's out of our control. I you know, with all the with all the fucking just like the the nails in the coffin that the corruption of of boxing has thrown into that coffin recently, man. You know. I just assume we just picked the winner on this show. And if you guys want to know who won the fight, just listen, <laughs> you know, I mean, fuck these, I mean, fuck the judges. Eh, fuck it all, man. Yeah. I, look, I trust, I trust most of our following out there. You know, I test is a huge deal, man. Uh, if you don't know what you're seeing, you don't know what you're seeing. Um, what we're going to see with this one though, man, is a heavyweight spectacular. And, you know, watching college football this past weekend and seeing the whiteout game at Penn State and 115,000 fucking people shaking the earth like that um, to see a spectacle like that in the UK will be nice. I swear if they put if they put in them Australian COVID rules before this fight and motherfuckers are sitting 10 feet apart, I ain't watching. Oh, no, they're, they're packing this stadium, son. They'll, they'll bend, I need some. They'll bend the rules for for certain money making situations, Ken. So if we're getting the atmosphere, we know we're getting the ring walks, right? As long as he doesn't come out like George Groves on top of that bus, like auditioning for the uh, Soul Train show to to be a dancer on the show, I, I'm good with it. We don't need that. <laughs> they call St. George the fight. It's He's certain. winded. <laughs> hey man, if the fucking bus would have just dropped him off at the ring, he would have been straight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, it'll be a dude. It'll be an event, man. And yes, that's all at the end of the day that um, that we want for boxing. There's very few of them that are actually on the fucking on the slate and on the horizon. We got two more things to talk about, Vin, um, and then we'll get out of here on episode 330. And um, first and foremost, I just want to get this out of the way. Um, whoever thought it was a great idea to reduce the Tiafimo Lopez. Uh, George Cambosis pay-per-view to $20, you know, for $20, I'll sit there and watch it on, on a little side screen. You know, I mean, I would consider it anyways, uh, up against Monday night football. No, 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 no. We're going to make it 50 because we're not probably not going to get a lot of people to buy. So that's the best way to make money when nobody comes into your store is to jack up all the prices. So when they do walk in, you never see them again. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I'm like, 
go fuck yourself. Like, what is going on with this? What is being taken over here? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They can't even make a reservation. How are they taking over boxing, right? Oh, oh, wait, what? A Monday night football game? There's a game that night on Monday in October? Oh, I know that. Let's move it again. Let's just, <laughs> let's, let's, let's move it again. How about October 16th? Um, and we'll just do it at Barclays. Has anybody reached out to Barclays yet? No, but I'm, it's fucking, it's the takeover. We'll take it over. <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, I mean, yeah, Barclays. Hey, guys, it's the 16th. Yeah, who the fuck are you? I'm Tiafimo Lopez, and I'm here to take over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, you know what? Take this fight and shove it up your ass. Any, everybody involved in I don't give a flying fuck about this fight. I'm not watching it no matter what night it's on. You don't even know what's, what night it's on. Yeah, we're thinking about maybe talking about it sometime. We'll make an appointment to have a meeting to think about talking about it. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, I don't care, man. I, I would rather do... 10 million things than let a 23 year old egomaniac who's got his fucking crazy dad at the wheel fucking drive my days. I don't give a flying fuck. <laughs> Whenever you guys figure out to have your little cash grab and continue the takeover, enjoy every bit of it. I'll enjoy every second of it. Uh, I'll be sure to check out the knockout reel on Twitter. That happens, you know, three minutes into the fight or whatever. Like, yeah, dude, I'm with you 100 percent fucking cares about this fight anymore. Like, honestly, at this point, just let it go. Triller, let it go. Cut your losses. Get the fuck out of the sport of boxing at this point, because clearly you have no direction and no clue what the fuck you were doing. Your dumbasses got duped into thinking that Tiafimo Lopez was a thing. I mean, how fucking stupid are you? The guys like. Okay, you beat Lomachenko on ESPN. You guys realize that nobody gives a fuck about boxing, right? Like, did you realize nobody was there? Did you guys even get an idea of how many people might be there if there were people there? (laughs) (laughs) And he wasn't going to be the main reason that people were there if they were there. So, I mean, it's just these people are morons. These, like, literally, you took your money and got involved in the sport of boxing. You have got to be one of the dumbest motherfuckers walking the face of the earth. Like, here, I can figure out tons of other ways to help you flush your fucking money down the toilet. We'll give Adrian Broner a call, and we'll have a fucking ball just whoosh, flushing dollar bills because that's that's all you motherfuckers are doing. And, and, yeah, you said it all, dude. Fuck this fight. I don't even care. Who cares? No. The takeover, cool. Awesome. If so from this fight to another fight that I want to desperately, okay, I don't want to dismiss it. I want to become excited about it. I totally 100% support the way that Terrence Crawford, from my vantage point, watching him on social media, the way he lives his life. He's a family guy, you know, dude loves to go fishing, like hangs out in the neighborhood with his friends and family. Like he just, he's a regular dude, man. And if that's, if that is his priority, that's fine. That's the dad in me. That's the family guy in me. Like I, I totally respect what he's doing, but as a boxing fan, I have lost, I've lost it. I am. I'm eight shots deep. That thing was blue vein and, but it's done. It's over now. There's, there's no reviving it. You, you know, it's just not, and I, I want to be able to get that rager all over again, um, you know, because Terrence Crawford, and I've said it so many times on this show, he is the most exciting fighter to watch in boxing um, when he's when 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 all things are right and things have become so stale for him in his career. And I think he's comfortable and I think he's living his life. And unfortunately for boxing fans, and to the benefit of the of the fighters, it's just this, it's this thing that's going to affect the sport negatively. Fighters become more comfortable, they become less hungry, and you know, I mean, it's only inevitable that um, if everybody becomes like that, <laughs> uh, the the product is is uh, the overall product is going to uh, wane a little bit. The thing is with Terrence Crawford, though, I mean, he's arguably the best of the best, you know, and and to see it with a guy like him is this, it's not even potential unfulfilled. We've seen what he can fucking do. He's the nastiest man in boxing. There is no bigger pit bull in the ring. 
um, than Terrence Crawford. And I am, you know, talking about him here, I'm starting to get a little bit of blood flow, just a little bit. All right. And, you know, it's not, it's not inside my body anymore anyways. So, you know, I feel, I feel a little bit better, but I'm not excited to watch Sean Porter fight. I acknowledge that Sean Porter is what I wish every boxer who can actually box would be. You know what I'm saying? Like if the best boxers in the world had the mentality of Sean Porter, then everything would be right in the world. But watching Sean Porter fight is one of the most difficult things to do in boxing. It is a he's a more refined version of Sam Solomon to me. My eyes see the same thing. My eyes see chaos, see rhythms that are not just this bull rushing bull in a china shop. I think that Sean Porter, for the first time in his life, is actually going to be an exciting fighter in this fight. And do you know why that is, Vin? Why is that? Because his because his style of fight that he brings to the table against Terrence Crawford is exactly what Terrence Crawford needs to put Sean Porter to sleep. I think that this is a stylistic uh, mismatch. Sean Porter, if if Bud comes into this fight for one second and he thinks that, yeah, whatever, we just here, we buddies, you know, we just here to, you know, make some money. It's going to be a long fucking difficult night for him. But I'm telling you right now, there's a statement that's going to be made in this fight. And Sean Porter is going to get peace. You thought Adrian Broner caught Sean Porter coming in? This is going to be ugly for Sean Porter. But thank you for taking the fight, Sean. We appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Is that ridiculous? Am I just on uh, a rant page of fucking contrarianism? Some people have a have a hard time being being one hundred percent honest about a situation, okay? And uh, especially when it comes to a guy like Sean Porter, who's become a fan favorite amongst hardcore fans for being the guy that you said that fights anybody that's willing to fight anybody. He's crossing the street to fight Terrence Crawford on ESPN. He's not getting an an exorbitant payday to do it. This is you know he didn't have to take this fight. He could have done um, many other things. He could have rematched Keith Thurman, could have gone plenty of different other routes, could have gone after an Ugas fight, whatever. He chose this fight. I love Sean Porter for that. I really do. I am also 100% with you when it comes to this fight and how it plays out. I've said it from the beginning when this fight was like rumored to be about it's hard for me to look past what we've seen from Sean Porter against all the other top five welterweights right now. Okay. He's beaten Danny Garcia. Questionable, very questionable. Okay. 50 50 uh, between people who think Danny won and Sean won. He beat Ugas. Okay. Uh, there's a, like a 70, 80% of the people that watch that fight that don't think Sean Porter won that fight. You go to the Thurman fight. You go to the Spence fight. Like all of the guys he's fought, he's a test. He's he's really what Sean Porter has been, has been a gatekeeper for the top five. And that's what he is in my eyes. And I, that's not a knock on Sean Porter. That's just an honest opinion of breaking down what his career has been and who he is as a fighter. I, I, I like watching Sean Porter fight, but I know when it comes to getting into a ring with a boxer like a Terrence Crawford, who is elite. There's not one facet of the sport that he isn't elite in. He's going to go to town on Porter. I don't know if he's going to stop him. I don't know if he's going to knock him out. I really don't know that because that's one thing we can find out in this fight is does Terrence Crawford possess the power and physicality to take care of the likes of a Sean Porter? Because nobody has yet. And if he does, that is a massive, massive statement. But if he also, if he beats him handily, where there's no question going to the scorecards after 12 rounds, that is a massive, massive statement because really nobody's been able to do that. Sean Porter's style allows him to stay in fights against really good fighters. The Errol Spence that fought Sean Porter, I think played into Sean Porter's hands because he wanted to prove a point in that fight about, I'll fight your fight and beat you. And he did. 
This is this is not this is not going to happen here with Terrence Crawford. Terrence Crawford will make this his fight. And I think he's just too fucking good, man. And this is going to be a reminder to me, to you, to everyone who's who started to sour on Terrence Crawford. And I think you're going to see it in the buildup to start with. You're going to see that fucking dog get ready to come out and get ready to eat. And I think he fucking eats big in this fight and makes a massive statement and reminds everybody, hey, motherfuckers, I'm probably still the pound-for-pound best in the world. I just need the ops. I need the at-bats. I need the opportunities. And I can show you all why I'm the best. That's how I see it, man. And that's not like I love the fight, and and I'm going to be dialed in 100%. This is not going to take away anything from me watching the fight that I think this is how it goes. That's just how how highly I think of Terrence Crawford and my honest opinion and breakdown of what Sean Porter is, period. No knock on Sean Porter. He's still a hell of a fighter, but there's really good fighters and there's the elite of the elite, and I believe Terrence Crawford to be that still. He's the cream of the crop, then. <laughs> right? You know, I mean, yes. he is. And it always rises to the top. Oh, yeah. Dig it, brother. Yeah, dig it. (laughs) All right, Vin. I think it's time to get out of here. What do you think? Yeah, let's fucking go. Big fight this weekend. Super pumped. We'll definitely be back to do a post fight. And then we'll have to take a look at the schedule see what's coming up next. But uh, make sure you tune in for Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Usyk because um, this is a big, big fight, folks. Don't miss it. And subscribe to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Anywhere audio podcasts are available, the video will be up on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Drop by the website, theboxingrant.com, and go to our store. Get yourself some TBR swag. Uh, rock it. You know, the next when you're at your brother's wedding, um, you know, close family, uh, friend or family, funeral, something like that. It'll give you something appropriate to wear to the occasion. So uh, copy some of that TBR swag. And follow us on Twitter, at VinceCummings81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. Anything else from you today, Vin? I think that'll be all, sir. Thank you very much. (laughs) All right. Well, you enjoy your evening. And everybody out there, muchas gracias. We'll see you next time on the Boxing Rant Podcast. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can.